0: All of my like to do stuff is over there in the corner too.
1: So, yeah, totally. I'm yeah, I'm uh, I I, you know, I moved out of my my personal like dedicated studio a few years ago. So I'm like, I have like a home studio that's like our also our guest bedroom, you know. And then I have Mm -hmm. I have a writing studio that I go to in the mornings, but like I don't have like I don't have a place I can like slap up my whiteboard. Yeah. Like for me is like this sort of like like so I kind of feel like I have I'm, I'm like you know I have like one limb t- tied behind my back most of the time when it comes to like organizing because I can't just like write on a wall and go okay mm-hmm. that's things yelling at me saying do this dummy
0: cause... yeah I think creatives too like we all inherently are like you know we have 8,000 things running in our head and so like the only way to really see it is like visual right Totally. And I was just talking to my studio mate about how we need a giant whiteboard because my deadlines are just wild right now. So
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I can highly recommend the the whiteboard. Hold on, <laughs> two shakes of a rabbit's tail here. Ready? Bye. Before we get too deep into it, people know, like, hey, hey, Liana, how you doing? <laughs> Hey! <laughs> Thanks for joining. Good to see you again. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, the, stu- the look the, the external studio is like a, it's like a real thing, and it's kind of a cool thing. And I think I kind of I, I hope every artist gets a chance to do it because um, it kind of is an interesting redefining of how you do things. Because now you have this like, okay, what do I do with this space, and how do I utilize this space? Um, you know, because it stops being like, okay, I'll go over to Starbucks and get some work done or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Like, you know, or I, I mean, like when I was in my twenties, we would like hang out in each other's apartments, you know, and you would sit and do as much whatever comic book work you could do in somebody's place on a drawing board. And then I mean, my how my place, I had a studio in my apartment in Manhattan. So I had like this like a legit like room where you could have three or four drawing tables in that like people will come over after work like my friends and they would sit and they would work on comics after work. So funny even...
0: story. My studio mate and I, like the reason why we talked about getting a studio to begin with is because she would come over here and co-work all the time. Cause I was like, I am very lonely. Like yeah, my dogs can only fulfill so much in my life. And also like, I realized <laughs> that there was a huge disconnect of like work life balance Um, because my, uh my studio is like, primarily connected to my living room and Uh like i don't even want to watch tv or like do anything because all i think about is work because i'm like looking right at it so uh it's like the the question of whether or not you want to budget if it's like worth your sanity and like if you're able Mm -hmm. to pay this money or whatever to get things done yeah (laughs) or like to displace yourself outside of your house which you know for a lot of folks during the pandemic like they can't really get away from that but yeah. for those of us who have been freelancing our whole lives or like working from home uh it's almost like swapped like everyone mm-hmm. loves working from home now and i'm like i need to get out
1: immediately <laughs> like, well it's, uh, so yeah like it, it was funny because like at the beginning of the pandemic um like my wife kind of stopped i think she stopped going to her studio for a little while so she she's an artist and she's had us always had a studio um Actually, funny thing is, is the the room that was in this was the studio in my apartment became our bedroom when she moved up to New York. And then this room that was my bedroom became her studio. So like she, she got a smaller space, but, you know, that's how it goes. Um, but like she stopped going and then it was like, OK, we're both stuck in the house together, which was a little much. So I ended up going over to our our um, storage unit. And I would open it up. I'd park my car right in front of the, the the garage door. And I had this armchair sitting there. So I would just sit there with my laptop. And I would write for like two or three hours a day in a storage unit because it wasn't at home. And, you know, it gave her time to go, you know, be herself versus, you know, yeah. be me so
0: i had a friend uh bunny in seattle who uh did the same thing she just like worked out of a storage unit for a long mm-hmm. time before she like opened a full retail storefront yeah. um and i feel like that's just as i mean especially if you can get electrical
1: it's like yeah, a you know, super a economic
0: bug, way to have a studio a
1: yeah i mean yeah. It was, the hard the you know like the hard, two hardest parts were summer because it got real hot oh yeah like i had this like industrial fan there but like it's like noisy and then of course nature calling so those are the two things that really you know but there was mm-hmm. no no internet and i had zero phone reception so i really could just sit there and not be bothered which was kind of nice and besides it was a, it was a pandemic and nobody was bothering me it was just i had no client work so i just sat and rode um so how long have you had the studio space
0: uh, I mean, we are very early days. I think we signed it for October, but as oh, okay. you know, New York Comic Con is in October. Yeah. Um, I have been too busy to even go to the studio, so right. I think today was my fourth or fifth real day there. Okay. Um, and uh, it was something that I've been talking about for like a year, uh, with some folks locally, but all but mostly my studio mate Shelda um and her and i seemed to be on like the same page for almost everything uh-huh. and so i was like maybe if this doesn't work out for like a big collective maybe we can just like try a studio ourselves which mm-hmm. was like absolutely yes i need to move out of the house like i need to go and um we had both saved up some money uh and i had budgeted out uh you know we just got really lucky um randomly had uh somebody reach out that uh had a spare room in this like collective anyway okay. and so uh we just figured we try it out we uh mm-hmm. so we're doing like a four-month trial period essentially and that was the biggest selling point for both of us because i was like i don't know if i can commit to a whole year right like i haven't you know <laughs> a whole year seems like a really long time <laughs> so yeah. uh so we're trying it out yeah in
1: and like this coming year is going to be very different than like the last two years that we've had. Like, I mean, there's it's a very different world. I mean, like you just said, like New York Comic-Con, like things are just yeah. woken up, you know, and, you know, and we're feeling the you know repercussions of this thing just waking up. And, you know, so we're kind of feeling our way back, but like, cause it's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, like, you know, when you and I first met, like the world was asleep, you know, and you were doing we professionally online. Yeah, like you were just like head down doing your work, and you know, figuring how do I fill these hours of the day and make things happen. And now it's like everything's back, and now like you're being pulled in different directions, you know, outside yeah. the <laughs> drawing table, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, things have been pretty wild. Uh, it's a complete swap from, yeah almost two years ago at this point yeah yeah it's I uh, yeah I don't even know how to describe it at this point um it's almost like I'm outside of my body watching me do all this stuff (laughs) at this point so totally
1: totally yeah and it's you know it's interesting because it's like you know I I mean, the the good thing is, is like you can you can find people out there who've gone through what you're going through and you can talk to them. And, you know, and I would definitely recommend it because I've seen it happen. Like I saw it happen to friends of mine. And you're like, okay, like, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting world. And it's and listen, it's a very different world. It happening now than when it happened, when I, you know, when, you know, when it happened to my friends, you know, that was 25 years ago. So, I mean, that was there, there wasn't this sort of like, you, you know, you walked away from the the convention or the whatever thing and that was it. But now it's not like that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's ongoing all the time.
0: Right. And, um, ugh. especially like comics specifically, you know, growing in comics is its own beast, but like growing a community and, uh, and doing your own creator own comics, I think too, uh, have this own level of like, attention that it needs. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why it seems like I'm being pulled in eight different directions all at once.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's so it's it's interesting, because like, and and I think, you know, you were part of the sort of the people who I was first really encountering in what I call like the new paradigm, where you are kind of running this whole sort of Ship of of a of a of a production that isn't just like, hey, I'm the penciler of this comic book, and I got to line up more penciling gigs to keep my my lights on for the next year plus. And that was sort of like the deal. But now it's like you have to like, like I guess what tipped me off is like I think it might have even been Matt, um, Emmons mentioning this like how quickly he does pages, and I was like, I'm like, how is this possible? You know. But what I realized was. And I'm is that like the deal to get in comic books was can you draw a page a day? What they didn't mm-hmm. say, can you draw a page a day in six hours. That wasn't the metric. The metric was just a page a day. So 14 hours was a day to get a page done if you needed to. Right. And then Matt, you know, Matt and then other people just kept saying, Oh, I get a page done in like three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And what to I to be re- fair,
0: he does work a lot faster than I do. And oh. I still am very astonished at how he does that. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the thing is, is like what I realized is that the model wasn't do a page a day. The model is you got to get a page done a day, but you also have to write your comic. You also have to you know, color your comic, produce your comic, get it marketed, shipped, marketed. Yeah. Talk to some young ass yeah. like me on on the internet. I mean, like all these things kind of like they, <laughs> they 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 line up, and you. But the thing is, you can't just draw the comic book and expect anything to happen because it doesn't work right. anymore. Because No,
0: not unless you're. Uh, I would I would almost say like unless maybe you work in the book market. And you have a publisher right. that, you know, is, you know, like Penguin Random House or something that's yeah. very aggressive about doing all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, self-publishing comics is wild. It's its own beast. It's its own, um, you know, almost like world separate from direct market and book market. Um, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
1: Oh, It's a ton, it's a ton, it's a ton of work. And I, and I just, so I, I mean, to me, I'm fascinated by that, you know that that, because like it's an accepted thing this is what it has to be so nobody is sort of saying you know no way you know i mean you're just you got to do it if you want to do it and i think it's beautiful because i think everyone's solution is unique um like jesse i just talked to jesse loner again and like i mean he oh yeah the guy just i mean like i'm like sort of like how like he has a very limited time in his day because he's got a kid and a wife he's like I get my, I get my page done here on top of all this other stuff that he does. And yeah. it's, you, you got to listen to the talk, to- the talk, it goes out tomorrow. So you, I'll, I'll send you a link, but you definitely need to listen to it. Cause yeah, I love his work. He's so good. He's so good. And he's so thoughtful about everything he's doing. And I, and I'm just, and so the, all this kind of like, appro- these different approaches really do impress me. So like, what, like, so what is your, I guess maybe like, what is your thought? Like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a studio What is the goal of having the studio for you? Uh,
0: Primarily, it is not to work nights and weekends anymore. I think um, over three years, uh, I'd be interested to talk to some of my peers about this too because I know that they've also kind of done this in that we kind of just started filling our time with work. And I think that now that we live in an endemic versus a pandemic and i Mm -hmm. wish that things were a little bit more safe but uh now that we're able to go do these things and i'm uh you know i have the opportunity to go to cons and meet people again and see people i think i really need to manage my time differently Mm -hmm. specifically for drawing doing these late night fixes doing you know um it it's primarily time management, but also like knowing when to say no to projects, knowing when to um, knowing what I think is going to be fruitful for my career versus uh, saying being a yes man to everything. Yeah. Um, And I think specifically getting like camaraderie uh, out of it is very useful. like. For instance, the other day, I'm working on the True Call Trade paperback cover.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for me to be able to just be like, hey, Shelda, can you come look at this real quick? Like two seconds, as opposed to like send a message, wait, yeah. see if somebody will answer, you know. <laughs> and like to have that, uh, she's a phenomenal designer, great illustrator. And so to have like a friend look at your work and that peer that you respect is so useful and especially one that actually enjoys your work as well like i think that they'll be able to be critical and helpful in ways that make you better um right. and i'm very lucky to have that and i i mean really just like better work life balance and being happier honestly that's right. 100% i think what it is and i think having a space shared with like a friend and peer and being able to separate myself mentally from from my personal space and laundry and my dogs <laughs> and yeah. 8 million other projects i need to do like the amount of comics that i need to bag and board is straight up embarrassing and yeah. so unfortunately i can see it in the corner and i don't like looking at it right. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: yeah and like and if that's a thing like you can just put into your studio to say okay like hey listen you know i've got what i need done here now i'm just gonna spend an i'm gonna spend an hour do some bagging and boarding and then tomorrow i'll do another hour of that like you can give yourself that time to maybe think about something because you don't have to think you can just kind of do it i will
0: say that i probably won't bring any of my books to the studio because i think that that allows me more space to buy more books which is not good, oh, yeah. <laughs> but okay. uh, um, what you can't see and what you used to see behind me is my entire shelf. That's like all right. my trades and art books and stuff like that. But what you never saw was my short boxes, which are uh, I invested in those really nice acrylic ones, which are oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I told David Harper that I was going to make like my Game of Thrones like throne out of them because I have <laughs> 26 of them right now. Um, and I think 26 is uh, 26 too many. So, but um, I used to work at a comic shop and I used to, you know, um, be a collector prior to working in comics. I think that my spending habits went from normal things that I would read to, oh, my friend worked on that. So I'm going to buy cool. that. And then, you know, and so on so it's barreled
1: yeah that, that's a problem you know sort of making a lot of friends in the business like you, you feel like you want to support everybody and then you're just buying all these books and it's not like you're unhappy to have that but it's also like okay like the, it's like you almost have a whole separate collection of just like love and kindness you know collection yeah yeah uh, it's yeah I mean I think I got up to 12 long boxes that was like my apex and then I gave away just tons of comic books to like um, a hospital I'm like I can't I can't
0: that's such a good idea yeah we have St. Jude here so I plan to donate most of my books to libraries or St. Jude but I think (laughs) I, I feel for those in, that who are collectors and people that work in comics that also collected, like, silver and golden age stuff. Sure. Because I think that that would be another level of, like, collectability that would take up way too much space in my house. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, I became a fan of comics in my teens, so I didn't quite buy any of that. Right. But uh, I'm definitely the indie type, so I have a lot of zines and other things that don't even quite fit and, uh, you know. Yeah aggravate my very um, specific brain where I like everything to match and like be the same size and Uh like you know like when you see a spine that doesn't match and and it's like the fourth volume Mm -hmm. of a publisher and you're like why
1: yeah like why did you like why did that not just be a template that you moved over to the next one so why is the four higher than the three and five yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's that stuff that, that'll just blow your brains out, you know. If yeah. You, if you let it. No, I uh, I, 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 to, I totally get that. It's it's nuts. Yeah, I think the, that separation of church and state is super important, and it's and it's hard, you know, because I mean, listen, it's hard at home because we have all our life's distractions along with with that, but then like you are in a different space, and it's easy to kind of like say, okay, here's the work that I need to get done here, but it's like. Then you like you you'll find yourself going like oh I have to drive fifteen minutes here and I have to drive fifteen minutes home like am I losing a half hour a day is this you know like you you'll battle that produ- you know that sort of mental production at, at times it's a yeah it's a game yeah a game of of short box thrones
0: yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, the the joke yeah. did fit okay good um, yeah it's it yeah it's but I think it's I mean I think like I said I think everyone's kind of needs to go through this experience and, like, try it, you know, yeah, because yeah. if it doesn't work, you're going to go, okay, I realized I didn't need this, or I didn't need, like, like I had, like, I had a studio once with somebody, and, like, what I didn't know I needed, and it, the other person needed, like, we both needed the same thing, but neither one of us expressed it to one another, mm-hmm. and we were both, like, we both needed to be inspired by the other person, but neither one of us were inspired, so we just fumed at one another and it was not a good scene so Mm -hmm. um you know and you know and it's like so heartbreaking because you're like oh like we totally love like what each other did and what we were like were about but it was just this kind of like thing that just kind of like wasn't pretty for either one of us and that's how it goes so
0: I think it helped. Uh, I'm a big communicator, um, and I think it helped that her and I were friends prior to this. Yeah. Uh, and like, she introduced me to a lot of the local community that, of artists and stuff. And um, one of the things we did up front was a lot of like communication planning. Was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, when do we when do we reassess? Do we like meet every Friday or do we meet every other week or once a month? And you know, who takes on what roles, like who takes the trash out, who does this, who, do, you know, or who brings this. And like,
1: yeah.
0: I, I was like, you know, if I don't, if I don't love you by the end of this, <laughs> then we just call it quits and like we go back to being friends. Right. Really? Like, and I think that the presentation of that up front was so crucial because it's the same of like relationships and things where I think as long as you have these clear expectations or, at least say things when they need to be said then Mm -hmm. you carry a healthy relationship and hopefully healthy studioship or whatever you you know yeah need from that um that is a bummer I feel like that sounds a lot like college because I didn't get a lot of that in college I got that in in high school like I was in APR classes and stuff but in college you know I just like lived with my ex-roommates and that was it like we weren't really like creative around each other or anything. So um, this is, I think making up for my times where I wish that I had that. Um, So uh, I feel like I'm benefiting from it. And I know she went to an art college with a ton of people and like had that and mm-hmm. like that was her key aspect of like missing that. So yeah, I like it. No, I think
1: it's I think it's I think it's amazingly fruitful. Um mm-hmm. and I've I've had other studio s- scenarios which have been far greater. It just that was just one that I recall being the not so great version. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I think uh, I think it's great for us to talk about it though, because like not everything's gonna work out, right? Like totally. I know a lot of people who are partners that end up doing a studio together, and I'm like, I couldn't imagine. Spending all day, every day with my partner in a studio and then going home. Unless you have a lot of space in between you, but that's just me, right? Like that's totally, but people make it work.
1: No, I mean, and, and and, and, you know, people are so different. Some people are just absolutely wired to be in that. Like, cool. I love being around this person 24 hours a day. And, you know, like, that's cool. But I hope we're traveling somewhere when that happens. Because like, it's. (laughs) You know, like yeah. that's the best time to be with somebody for 24 hours a day. And Absolutely. Not always has to be that. Um, so and I guess yeah, and, and hopping, I guess, I guess just bouncing over to true cult. I mean, I you know, so I guess I had um Jaslin on on like January of last year. Oh so nice. right, right when it was coming out.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I think issue. It might have just been ending, or like the final issue for Kickstarter was just coming out, because I think. Right. Um, what this is October, so August was when I think the first issue came. July, sorry, July was the first when the first issue came out through IDW. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, um, so, so I mean, it's like you know, a year, what a year and ten months, you know, have gone by since you know I first like talked to her and she you know started talking about the project. Then I guess then you came came on the show. I don't know, a few months later or something. I guess.
0: Oh, yeah. that long ago. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it was a long time ago. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so like, I mean, you're like, I'm you're talking trade paperback cover. Like, yeah, you know, like that's. Oh how my gosh. It. Yeah. So yeah how, that's like wild. How, how does it feel like I guess you know now looking sort of at that at the sort of the the scope of that that project, you know how it's come along and and what were your thoughts about like it entering and then where are you now with it?
0: Yeah, uh, so I think that was the major project that made me decide that I wanted to do a lot more creator own work mm-hmm. um even mm-hmm. during the Kickstarter because I felt like this, inherent um support and love from people um that had no tie to us in any sort of way but like just really loved the story and to be able to you know like announce to everybody that idw picked it up was like such a great like great feeling because you know we were rolled out uh amongst the scott snyder uh news with dark spaces and Mm -hmm. the originals line when they you know, announced um, a couple other of the series and seeing my name next to like a ton of creators that I've been buying their work for years, right? right? Yeah. Like it was a very nice feeling. <laughs> right, and so, nice. uh, you know, like they, they, they treat uh, Scott and I and the rest of the team and True Called itself, like on such a high standard and such a, wonderful level uh you know we just got back from new york comic-con where they they allowed us to do our solo signing at the idw city booth and and you know had all this the first issue out uh which was really cool and i signed with them at san diego um for even like they they did special limited edition lithograph prints and they they're just very invested in true call as we are you know like we're so passionate about this story and like We were able to do extra content for this version which was really cool because they were very loyal to us wanting to fulfill the story and uh everything for our kickstarter backers first Um, and that was so important to all of us and specifically you know i think something that jazlyn had brought up and we all agreed that that was you know our responsibility to the backers number one they believed Mm -hmm. in it and supported us from the beginning so like no matter what We got it to them first and it was great because like they waited to announce it until after, you know, they waited uh, and they, they were like, how can we make a difference so that way we can bring over everyone else and like make it feel like they are investing again and worth the money and also bring in new folks. Right. And so they're just so good about um, just being supportive of us. And again, like, they get how weird it is. And I love that. Like every, everybody on the sales team and like, like Blake and Greg and like, uh, Samantha and like Kevin and everybody that we work with at IDW, even outside of our editors who are also phenomenal. They like, they love it so much. And so like, I love seeing them and they're like wearing true cult pins and I'm like, Oh, I just love you guys so much. And, and, and like, we, I just feel like we work really well with them. So um every step of the way has been such a phenomenal um new part of the story to like add to it right so just I mean it's inspired Scott and I to like work together again already you know we started working together again on a different project um after True Cult wrapped up And, um, you know, I work with Jazlyn any chance I get. Uh, Love Jimmy. Jimmy Flats, you know, 90% of my work.
1: Um,
0: Gab and I always work on stuff together. I've been looking for things for DC and I to work on together. It's awesome. So, like, everyone's been saying, like, oh, how do do you like IDW? Like, love them so much. Like, it's going to be – they make it hard to, like, you know (laughs) – to be to want to like work outside of them like i am working with other publishers right now and i love them too but it's just really cool to be it's weird to be like treated like family if that makes sense because no, like no, totally totally when you when you hear about companies or whatever being treated like family it sounds like very capitalist like creepy mm. but like they really like are you know super warm and wonderful and great great humans so
1: i think i mean i think there's a i mean there's a a bunch of and, and listen, I'm, I'm not even. I think there's a bunch of publishers out there who are fundamentally comic book primary fan companies. Like these people are like they love comics and they want to make comics. They want to make yes unique and individual comic books out there more so than creating um, sort of more valuable IP.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: You know, like the IP to me, the, that's that's a byproduct of whatever, whatever, whatever the thing is, because you just can't like say like, oh, well, I've got this person and this person, we're going to make something and it's going to be this big, valuable IP because yeah. that's just not that's not the reality of it. Um, and I mean, and listen, I would I'm, I know that Marvel and DC make a ton of money with their IP, but those are com- those are comic book companies that make comic books to trying to make comic books for like the comic book readers, you know, the byproduct is, is this something that they can apply to whatever their other media? Okay, great. But they, you know, we have all this stuff that those companies have generated because all the people making them love comics, you know, the people. I love
0: when uh, a publisher is like investing in creators because they know, like, and I feel like most of the creators I meet that I get along really well with, it's very funny. Like most of them are like ex comic shop uh, employees, yeah. or you know, like uh, for instance Matthew Klein. Like I found out uh, the other day. Like you know, he wrote Crashing, and like I did a variant cover, and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize he worked ever Forbidden Planet, and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense now. Like you know what I mean? And right for all of us, like equally like you're either a creator or also a creator and an ex-comic shop employee. Yeah, <laughs> but when publishers are like that invested in like the creators themselves, you know, and like trust them to
1: uh-huh.
0: to create and, you know, kind of go with it.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, and it's it's an interesting thing, like, you know, you were you were saying how like all the people you did, the, you know, you did true cult with and you're like, sp- speaking how you would love to work with them or are working with them or want to work with them again. Like these things, it's interesting because it's sort of like a band, you know, like, you know, you, you mm-hmm. kind of like, you're kind like, it's like, okay, when are you guys getting back together and making a new album? You know, like, and yeah. it, and I think readers don't necessarily need it to be another of the same thing. They, they're happy if like these people come back together to make some new magic. Like, yeah, I, I think, I think the, by and large, especially the indie market is, pro variety in that respect you know i think it would be harder like a harder sell for like the creative team of fantastic four to get back together to do a different book because everybody's sort of like i love your fantastic they may just like a fantastic four you know and say like cool but i want more of a fantastic four but i think like that team getting back together could do a completely different book and i think you'd still get all the same people who were the plank owners of issue one from Kickstarter, they're all going to be in because they were, they, they're, they're, you know, they're in the cult.
0: Of uh, Jaslyn, for example. So like we did our first uh, collaboration together as writer and artist for Z2's Joan Jett book. And right. like, right, 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 the, right. yeah. And so like her, I always talk about her writing, like her writing is phenomenal. And I love Working with her, uh, we have a very good uh, working style in both like in writer artist mode and also like um, in her uh, marketing, branding, everything world and as a creator. And so I think because we have those skills all together, um, you know, we're picked up for more stuff. And so it's nice. We got to do the Blondie book as well. Like they came back to us immediately. We're like, we'll turn it around. We'll do another story it's going to be nowhere near what Joan Jett was Mm -hmm. um but they knew exactly what they were getting so it's nice
1: dude Joan Jett is so cool like yeah so cool like I remember like you know as a kid when the Runaways came out I was like like that band was just so rad and I was like these guys these guys are great like I love this stuff and then when she went out solo like she was just so badass And, and um that is so cool that you get to work on something about Joan Jett like in and, and and Blondie i i have a quick blondie is one of my
0: all time favorite idols uh, both it's well so actually cool. both of them which is yeah. crazy and like one of the reasons why i wanted to drum and like sing and do all that stuff is very powerful very powerful like punk rock you know
1: yeah um
0: definitely i think paved the way for like my music uh choices in the future uh-huh. so
1: I had, a fr- I had a friend in college, um, this, this was like, so this was like first year at art school. So this is what, 87. Um, maybe it was 88. I don't know. But anyway, like, we, he would, he would like, every day after school, he'd be like, he'd, he'd walk us by her house, like her place in New York and hang out outside like we'll cross the street and make us wait there like for like a half hour until we were like we gotta go you know um just in case he because he was so in love with her like he's like I gotta see her I just have to see her and this was like for it it just kept going on and on and on so
0: poor Debbie Harry can't imagine what
1: I mean I'm sure she's absolutely so used to that you know (laughs) stupid person behavior but whatever it was
0: especially staying in New York you know like yeah I feel like New York, you can be a celebrity and just like not and just exist normally. Like, actually, my claim to fame this past weekend, I used to live outside of New York. And so the whole three years I lived there, I was like, one day I'll see a celebrity. One day. <laughs> and it never happened. It oh, never no. happened. The, the one time I finally go back to New York Comic Con and I don't live there, I see the holy grail of celebrities. Oh. I am exiting my hotel and I hear, hey, man. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I stopped and turned around and it was Killer Mike. And I haven't been a fan of Killer Mike since way early on adult swim days, like Frisky Dingo days and stuff like that. And I literally stopped dead in my tracks and just put my (laughs) hand over my chest because I didn't know what to do. I was just like, (laughs) what's funny is um, like, uh, I'm a big Run the Jewels fan and uh Prior, it was like four days prior, I got refunded for my Run the Jewels ticket because it got canceled. I bought Uh it like three years ago and they finally were like, all right, y'all have waited enough. Here you go. And like canceled and refunded. And so I almost said, thanks for refunding my ticket, but I didn't. Um, And also, you know, what a, I I freeze up when I see celebrities. So I just stood there for a second and then kept walking, you know, like,
1: (laughs) Embar- I ran into Lou Reed coming. I was coming out of the bank and I was I was rushing, and it was like a it was a I think it was a it was either the revolving door or the doors next to. It, but I I was just running to get home, and I just ran right out of the bank and ran into this dude, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, and it was Lou Reed, and I was like, oh, hey Lou, and I was like, I'm sorry, and then like it took off. So that was my that was oh my, my gosh, with with Lou Reed. Ugh. That's a, but listen in New York. Like, you live in this, you live in Manhattan for long enough. You're gonna just, I mean, I probably have like a dozen or so of just the people. Right? It's, just, I thought
0: for the amount of times that I'd be in the city or at least Brooklyn, because I used to hang out there all the time, yeah. that I would have seen
1: one. Nope. Dude, I, I, I saw, no. I
0: got my, I got, I got the holy yeah. grail. So I'm yeah,
1: fine. No. I'm happy. We, saw, <laughs> we saw Neil Patrick Harris before his resurgence. So this is Ugh. post post Doogie, pre How I Met Your Mother, not happy with the world, Neil Patrick Harris. Like that was, it was a it was the perfect sighting, you know? It was great. Absolutely. It's fun stuff. So how was New York Comic-Con?
0: It was good. I will say that I was kind of surprised the mask situation wasn't um, as uh, adhered to like Emerald no. City was. Um, I was bummed cause I knew a lot of my friends ended up getting COVID. Right. Um I did not uh but I just got the booster prior um yeah. so or the new shot so and it again it was a phenomenal time I love these shows so much uh yeah. I'm always doing a lot you know panels and signings and I didn't have a booth this time like I did for Emerald City just cuz you know It's a lot to commit to, Um, but I did do like minor sketching and stuff uh, during my signings, and um, it was so great to see everybody. I didn't even get to see everyone like I wanted to, just because I have been many many years, but I don't remember it being that busy. And maybe it's just because we had the three year separation. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, every time I hit the artist alley floor, I was so overwhelmed. It was packed it was so packed which is great uh happy for everyone for sales and you know getting to meet fans and stuff but it was uh definitely like overwhelming if you weren't behind a booth you know
1: right so yeah I, it's yeah it's funny because i i just started kind of going back to shows and my whole experience was just sitting and tabling for years so when i go to shows i mean it is exhausting to just to, to walk around like i've you know I, at heroes i just ended up walking up to my friend's you know tables i'm like i'm gonna sit in your other chair because like i just can't oh sit. absolutely more i'm like i'm done um so what like i mean and i th- just briefly i think emerald city i think their response was in line because they were the first show that canceled for the pandemic so emerald city was supposed to happen and when the pandemic opened and the uh, they had to cancel, so they were the first one that got knocked off this off calendar, twenty twenty. So, I think that like, I think that they just sort of like they're like they needed to be very careful because they were they were sort of like the first you know wounded.
0: I also think there was a lot of a response um, based off of uh, it being Seattle, um, yeah. just knowing I have a ton of friends that live there and just knowing like, I, they're very serious. I'm, I think that they have a higher vaccination rate, you know, yeah. um, tech city. So like, uh, I I think they got, a, I, I think read pop got a lot more pressure. Who's to say, I don't actually know, sure. but I know yeah. that, they you know, spot- that was the they first show back it. for yeah. them, like having to go, you know, hundred, hundred percent back for the first time. Right. Yeah. So, I think it was probably a lot easier for them to uh, facilitate all that. New York is like its own beast, right? Like, I feel like that would be almost impossible. Even at DragonCon, you know, they said they were requiring masks, but you're in Georgia. So um, there was like an intercom uh, announcement every like 20 minutes saying like, Please put your mask back on. It goes yeah. over your nose. Like the woman sounded ex- extremely exasperated every time oh. she had to make the announcement. I'm sure. And it was it, it was just kind of it's it's hard because like we're there for the fans and we're there for uh, uh, you know uh, fans and collectors and everyone and uh, I think it's nice that these con organizers are trying to make it a safe space and like they're, they're doing their best trying to like adhere to these policies, they're brand new policies. Everyone's still trying to figure everything out. It's just yeah. its own complicated,
1: you know, it is. I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's, it, it's, a dynamic that we're, we have not sort of figured out yet. And, right. you know, the only way, the only things that we can figure out is how we in, handle it, you know, as, Absolutely. As, a, as an individual. Like we can't, like, like you could be upset about the situation, but say, I'll do my thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's in it, And I think you know, if we can just kind of take ourselves first and foremost, at least we won't go crazy. Um so like there's a big difference, like now, like I mean, like f- so like for you, like show, you know, tabling sort of like hey here I am I'm you know and you've got but now you're table you're you're, you're not tabling because you're sort of like scheduled um, mm-hmm. you know there's a, there's a interesting like I'm my buddy was sort of like a pretty scheduled you know artist in the, in the 90s and he you know he was just so tired by the end of the like we'd hang out in the evening and he was just like I'm just so tired because like I can't even just like pace myself or like walk away and go like find a quiet spot. Like, did you find yourself to be a little, like, emotionally, t- you know, drained from it?
0: My, my dogs are very excited about something. Um, Emotionally drained from what specifically? Sorry.
1: The, the scheduling and having to sort of be on, you know. With cons specifically
0: of- too, or... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, like you know, for the for the cons. Yeah. I'm like just going like let's use New York as an example.
0: Oh, well, so funny story. Uh having had done so I've done almost seven cons this year. I'll be doing seven by the end of Thought Bubble and LA Comic-Con. Um, I realized that I think it would be very beneficial for me to do like signings on one day, panels mm-hmm. on one day, you know, um, just because I am not good at scheduling myself breaks, uh, which is another thing that I uh, came to realize with the help of a couple friends of mine during the convention to be like, why am I so tired? Yeah. Why am I not sleeping? Why am I waking up like 6am? Like in a, in like a, in like a fury of like, I got to go get stuff done and it's because I'm not taking breaks in between and like rushing from panel to signing to, you know, everything. And with, tabling as well uh you know you're facilitating almost like staff at that point because you have to have somebody watch your table or like ask a friend to watch and all these things and then you also have to think about all the lead up to the con where you're like getting all your stuff together like you're shipping things or Mm -hmm. creating new merch or you know all these things to like create an experience for your customers and fans but also like you're running the whole retail store of like your business like by yourself and um You know, it's like you're socializing at cons as well because it's all your friends, and you miss them, and it's a it's a lot to handle. But I think one of the major things that I've realized is like I need to give myself more grace. I'm not going to be able to see everybody. I'm not going to be able to hang out with everybody. So I like that's the biggest number one thing because like I hate letting people down. I love the, you know, be there for people. And two, um, managing taking breaks in between I think is a primary thing that I'm only just now learning. So, um, you know, if I go to a con, I should take, I should probably take a couple of days off to like decompress and stuff. Um, I have not done that yet. I have not scheduled that. So for me, yet. you know, I kind of always looked at cons as like fun for me and sort of like vacation, but it is work. Yeah. And so I think what I didn't realize is like, I haven't been doing this for three years and I went a hundred percent. And so, you know, my social and mental and physical battery is draining low and I don't realize it because I'm like so happy. I'm so excited that I get to hang out and see everybody. But at the same time, you know, you know, you're like your stamina is like slowly chipping Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. And so uh, finding things that also will reenergize me is something that I haven't quite figured out yet, because like. I could do drumming, Um, I can't drum right now, but um, so I'm like, I need to find other things in the meantime where I need a backup. So um, it's all like a very complicated long learning process. And it's funny because like having had done, I mean, both of us, like having had done this for years and like having to learn that or like unlearn a lot of like, you know, over committing and like, thinking that you can do it in four hours, but it actually takes seven or something yeah. like that, you know?
1: So. Well, the, I mean, the thing is, I guess it's like, you know, you said, you said a really strong thing in the idea that like, you know, you, you sort of think these things of, as a vacation because mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to go, like, you're not in your real world. So you get to, you get to do something that's outside of your, your day-to-day and you are around the people that you know really well who are like your peers, the people who you would love to know better and people you've never met before. And there's like all these very positive sort of, you know, sort of things that keep coming like They're sort of like, it's a, it's a cycle, you know, when you're meeting people, you can say, okay, cool. I'm energized. But what it is, is it's just, you're, you're just kind of adding more fuel to the, to the fire and you're just running at this sort of like this sort of Mm -hmm. red line for the whole period. And it's, It's tough. Like I, I found myself like having to try to figure out how, like at Heroes, how I was like managing myself because I was the first day I just ran myself, you know, to the ground, and I realized like, okay, I need to meditate. Like so, I meditated in the morning before I did anything else. So I just sat, you know, I did my time, and I wish I was smart enough to have done it in the afternoon just to give myself a second shot at it. But do you have like self care? Like, do you have like a daily self care thing that you could? carry over or are you kind of like hey maybe i need this
0: <laughs> yeah so i actually during conventions uh i have a friend robin warren she runs geek girl strong uh which is like this platform to like get people more active uh and stuff at conventions and for nerds and stuff um and i <laughs> try to as long as i don't have a panel or a signing i always put her her workshops in my schedule so that way i can like weirdly it sounds like get exercise and like also have fun and like be with like-minded people. Um, and I also, uh, a lot of times will I learned, um, from doing conventions with Jaslyn, uh, I go on morning walks. And so I try to do like a very long walk, um, just to kind of like download whatever happened the previous day, um, get a little cup of coffee, you know, kind of, Workout. I typically prefer to work out before conventions. Um, you know, during these times right now, it's very difficult, especially because like a lot of folks who go to the gym don't typically wear masks. Um, but that is my preferred uh, way. And I think uh, another thing that I've learned recently, which I would highly recommend for other people, is like take breaks, even if it's at your booth. Um, a friend recommended to me just like put headphones in and be like, hey, I'll, uh, I'm just taking a quick break. I'll get back to you when this is done. Um, And I found that to be incredibly helpful. I did one so far at New York and I was like, why haven't I done this like multiple times throughout the day? Like even if it was taking five to 10 minutes, right? Like just to kind of like be in silence or like put noise canceling headphones in. Cause like, we're not used to the overstimulation of like tons and tons of people and loud noises and things like that. And so we're kind of like going right back in without having that primed um in our directive and like how we uh work right now and so trying to be kinder to myself but i mean at home i'm i'm pretty you know like i like waking up very early in the morning and uh i enjoy working out and i think like i take breaks sometimes so like my rule is like i leave the house once a day um but now with the studio i think that is going to help a lot so yeah
1: two things. One, do you think we got a shot at marketing a stylish, but like maybe like fleece lined box with a hat in the center that we could just put over our head and wear our headphones, you know, like a con, like isolation box. What do you think? We could probably sell Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> I think uh, maybe because I'm a hoodie person, I would just be like, I'm just going to wear a hoodie. And like, hoodie, it's what so what funny.
1: That goes all the way up to the like yeah, yeah. Side.
0: At New York, uh in order to like take a break and like not be stopped, uh this sounds so crazy, but there was one row that had a lot of my friends on it. And so I literally had to put sunglasses, my mask was on, sunglasses, and then like a hoodie over so that way they didn't see me and stop me, or like I didn't feel compelled to go talk to them because I was you're, like, Hey, okay, you have one awesome thing to do. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to go and like just go do the thing. Don't stop because like I get distracted. And I'm like, oh my god, I want to say hi to that. Person. Yeah, yeah, no, totally,
1: totally. Uh, like I, I know, I, I know because like if I'm running, like oh, I got to go talk to so and so. Like I have to like break off and go like to areas where I like. Oh, these are the retail shops. I'll just run through there mm-hmm. because that way I won't like see somebody or someone will say hey. Yes, Matt,
0: I won't know anyone, so it'll
1: be fine. Like, yeah, 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 totally. So like, so. so now so this is a particular bugbear of mine that I'm kind of been dealing with and you you know you're bringing it up and it's like the getting up and doing things but like we got to take care of ourselves like this is something that's like been like i mean we've you know you know you know lo- losing like kim jong chi like at a, at a really young age is crazy like we've got to figure out like how like this community of you know sort of like seat-bound creators can stop being because like there was this whole thing like I remember being a young person looking at like other cartoonists when I was you know 22 years old and getting in the business and I thought like oh these people are you know this guy was 86 when he died. This guy was 94 when he died. Like, what a great career. You know, all these people who, you know, you just, it's its good, but it's not. It's actually a terrible career because it's super, like, sedentary. And, like, the, we got to figure ways to get everyone to be more active and mobile and healthy because it, it's, it's... I not- would
0: also almost argue, like, on top of physical health, like, you know, knowing when to ask for help from, like, your teams or, like, yeah. editors... Because something that, I, you know, being a people pleaser, I'm like, I never want to let my editors down. I never want to let my team down. But there's, like, a point where, like, you should just ask for the extension. You should just ask for, like, a little bit of grace. One, like, I did a tweet the other day that it was, like, shout out to all my baddies that have unrealistic expectations of themselves. (laughs) But it's truly, like because I have this unrealistic expectation of myself, I just assume that everybody else has the same expectation. But that's not the case, right? Like, we all need to realize that, like, you can't make up what other people think of you, number one, and not a creator machine. So like, if you need the day off, or if you need something to like, recharge and like, be this better version of you, whether it be Working out in the morning, or like you need a mental health day, and like just unplug and you know, go read a book or play video games or touch grass. Like, we need to be supportive of that too, because I think no matter how much you work out, like, there's still you can still definitely like overwork or overcommit or Mm -hmm. um,
1: burn yourself out that way. Like, if you consider like exercising a you know, a pressure relief valve, that's great. Mm -hmm but you still got that. That's a treatment of a symptom versus taking care of the cause. And yeah. it causes that like you are overstressed because of your own expectations or not saying no, or whatever the things are, it becomes, you know, like, there's only so much working out you can do at that point. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's so like, you know, so like, yeah, like, like Sean Isaacs was saying like how he's like, you know, he's had he's had help on the like the last few issues of of the you know of um why am i blanking on his book right now doesn't matter it's a good book um and the one he's doing with jim Zob. and mm-hmm. he but like because he is just overloaded he's like i've he's like i've have been going so hard and heavy like i need i just needed some breaks here and i'll finish up the you know the the run but I just need to be able to have some time to catch up my mind.
0: Gosh. Yeah. I totally a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Fabian Lalay, who is a phenomenal comic artist creator. Uh, I've worked with them a ton of times, literally just to like catch up schedule wise or just to like keep the same schedule and just like, hire them for layouts or like be like hey does do these pages even make sense right like just to have a second set of eyes or something like we shouldn't be afraid to ask for help and like comics is a collaborative medium and we don't ever remember that that's okay and so I think it's great if you have like uh collaborators or friends that you can depend on for that sort of stuff like there's tons of things I wouldn't have been able to like put out without fabian's help or without like help from jimmy like flatting or you know things like that like and i pay them obviously but like i think we as like again like we're not art machines right like we're not creator machines and you know yeah uh let somebody take over a run for two issues and like spin it in a really cool way sometimes that's how the coolest like Things end up working out where like new people get
1: to meet each other and not, and um yeah you know and it, you know listen honestly like the fill-in issue is a magical thing you know like mm-hmm. we as as readers of comics love it when somebody new is doing something just for this one issue you're like oh wow that's kind of cool and those things become widely popular if they're well done so yeah let it happen yeah i mean we we got like and I think like, you know, what you're saying, like getting, you know, getting that group of people around you that you, like, if you can't say to your friends, you know, I, I'm, I'm overloaded or I'm, I like, you know, like, even if it is just to be able to express it, mm-hmm. that's a huge step forward. And we should, we should, you know, these are our friends. These are the people who are always going, Hey, how you doing? Like, they're not saying, yeah. hey, how are you doing? Like, please just say, okay. Cause I don't want to know if you're actually struggling. Like your friends are they want to know they, because they want to know
0: and they want to help you too.
1: Yeah, that's why they're your friends. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's rough. So what's the like so what's your like what's your day? now like let's pretend it's a week ago and you're not at the show but like just a regular work week but you're not at the studio yet. This is your pre-studio day and what is what is the day? what is Leona's day? studio like in the future so give me the a version what it was and the b version of what you the evolution is or be.
0: okay um so i guess like pre-studio it was i wake up 7 7 30 make myself some breakfast make some coffee do emails you know some minor things um and then i would get to my desk and like usually draw or like draw pages or like do covers stuff like that and then I'd say around lunchtime, I would like either work out or like make some food for lunch or like that would be my time to like get out of the house. Mm-hmm. So I'd either, you know, go, go pick up mail or, you know, um, go to the comic shop or see a friend for coffee, something quick. Um, and then back to work uh, until like 6.37 and mm-hmm. then unplug for the night. Um, post, I would say is... Uh, wake up at six, try to be in the studio before nine. Um, So, you know, get... Sometimes I'll do emails in the morning now or like uh, today I actually did... um, uh, I prepped like to mail a commission um, and I started inking a page and then I went to the studio. Um, And I mean, today... I'm yeah. on a podcast for lunch, which is great. Um, stop by for lunch maybe and then work till like 5 36 at the studio. Okay. Um, and if I have to get a couple things done here uh, at my my home. So um, but yeah, I Monday through Friday, like primarily I would like to I'd love to work like nine to five and keep it at that. Yeah. And like keep it very minimal unless there's like a crazy deadline for weekend work. But
1: yeah, I mean, and that stuff always happens. There's like sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially far more so if you are working for a publisher, you know, that you will get the email phone call of like, hey, (laughs) we got to talk. Yeah. But and then, of course, like if you're doing conventions, which is that's eating into your page, you know, your page making time. So then you have to compensate. Um, which means mm-hmm. weekends and late hours or whatever the whatever the way you do it. Um, mm-hmm. It never look good when you're drawing on a plane. The plane mm-hmm. plane pages don't come out so good.
0: I uh, recently got a travel uh, set, up yeah, because because I'm you know, I'm going to thought bubble and I was like, I have to I have to draw pages while I'm traveling, you know, yeah. uh, to meet my deadlines. So it, it's gonna be a great. Uh, actually I drew a cover while I was at New York. And so Uh it's like when you were there or like
1: in the, uh, at the hotel,
0: Uh, at the hotel in the morning uh, before like my signings and stuff. Yeah. I'm interested to know whether or not I'll be able to draw pages on a train. That's my goal is I I, kind of really want to draw pages on a train.
1: I've done it. I, 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 when I was, after college and I hadn't had my own place yet, I was still living at the folks place in Connecticut. And I would take. I was so I remember I had a it was, it was actually after one of those phone calls we We're saying, hey, you know, when you had all this time to do this stuff. Well, you have half the time now because we need to make up the time for the publishing. So I had to get 16 pages done in like six days or something like that, something ridiculous. And I was finishing up the last pages like on the train to bring them in like I didn't even have time to like FedEx like that would have taken oh my gosh yeah
0: I remember uh I think Erica Schultz and I were taking the train once and I was like flatting on the train which now in hindsight and like the amount of stuff that you could get done on a train is so much more now with like technology like iPad and all that stuff so
1: What's your, I mean, what's your, what's your workflow? Like, what are, like, how are you, how are you assembling your, your work? Like you. Uh, My covers um,
0: are traditional. um, And then I scan them in and color them digitally. Uh, My, all of my sequential is digital unless it's like a short, um, like the dagger dagger story that I did for Matt's uh, anthology. Mm -hmm. I did traditionally, but the, the, Yeah, unless it's a cover, everything's digital. And so So
1: I have why? Like, I mean why why? yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I I have a suspicions, but I want to hear why. Oh, it's
0: just inherently faster for me. And so like I'll be able to get a couple pages done, you know. I would say sometimes like if I'm working from home, I can get if I have nothing else happening, I can get two pages a day done.
1: That's great. Maybe.
0: But that's like a nine to ten hour work day. So
1: yeah, that's a, that's that's a long so okay. and that's but, if
0: it's laid out and everything already, you know.
1: Right. So what's your I mean what's your what's your layout pro- I, I don't think you and I have actually talked about like your art process. Um actually, like, I actually have my layouts
0: right here. <laughs> they're on my wall.
1: <laughs> they're post-it notes or I I, see, I can see no just, no they're surprising. like full I, pages. I see, yeah. I'll yeah, yeah. uh
0: I'll lay out like four pages on a eight eight and a half by 11, because I like writing notes for myself. And then sometimes I'll like gift the layouts to like the writer that I'm working with. Uh Um, I don't know why. So like my layouts are more like thumbnails and my pencils are closer to inks. Like it's almost like somewhere in between both. Okay. Um, And uh every time i send my layouts to my editors i always preface i apologize mm. if you can't find it you know if you can't figure out that's why i try to like do everything in different colors so like right. my thumbs are like in graphite and then like i think lettering i do in blue on these ones specifically um and i've done i've done layouts digitally i just think when i work smaller it's easier. Mm. Yeah, And um, I primarily work based off of my layout and prefer to just draw straight to inks. So like, I'll do like a really sketchy version underneath and then erase mm-hmm. and then ink it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I mean, it's so interesting because like there's this lovely and dangerous uh, evolution of process, you know, when it comes to like creating a page, like I think my, my initial rate was, I, I made a, it was like a four by five grid for thumbnails so i would do i would thumbnail like out a whole book like on one one sheet so they were you know oh, like, wow. so they were probably you know like that big and because it was just getting form. like can i can, am i telling the story with the forms that i need to tell and the layouts that they work yeah and then it kind of evolved into maybe more like what you have you're talking about the four you know the two over two page thing but then like then there's this stupid thing that happened where it was like cool I can enlarge that and then I could draw the page like on a, you know eight and a half by 11 typing paper but then that got blown up to the page size to become mm-hmm. it, was, it was way too many steps this is pre-computers so this is all you know you know running I around.
0: prefer drawing my pages on nine by twelve.
1: Nine by twelve okay so yeah Steve Lytle comic book uh artist extraordinaire RIP Steve Lytle was like one of the first guys that I remember doing his pages like half size you know Mm -hmm. but like full like full inks and he never lost any detail like this guy could like do super super like refined pages um so it was it was unbelievable but so you like doing your but that's a time saver because you don't have to actually draw as much because it's Mm
0: -hmm.
1: half a page okay so that's when did you start doing that like when did you kind of evolve?
0: um tim daniel had said something to me it was like the first year of the pandemic and he said something like you should be drawing these on paper so you can sell them and then scott also said it because i think i had done a couple pages traditionally like for she said destroy a while ago um Mm -hmm. and uh I switched I started doing covers traditionally and I just like kind of worked my way over from there. And like a lot of the time and I think maybe I learned this from Paul, Paul as a Seda, he uh, takes a lot of like unique like compilations of the items in the piece that he's doing and then separates them I think into different things that he's inking.
1: Um,
0: And so I think I started doing nine by 12 just based off of the portraits I was inking. Cause right. I knew I could get like a lot of detail into it and blow up the portrait. Um, and so now, uh, like for the crashing cover, I inked the pills separately one, because I didn't want to mess up the pill shape.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And two, you know, like if I was going to be laying down a lot of white out or anything, like I didn't want to run it over the figures. So, so. um, and so that was something that I learned. So I have a lot of weirdly inked things that make no sense unless you have the companion piece, right? right. Um, and also, you know, like just based off of like art collectors enjoy that kind of stuff. So like I'm trying to keep everything. Like I'm trying to keep all my layouts. I'm trying to keep uh, important things, especially for things like Star Wars or sure. um, Trek. Or you know, uh, like even Trek. You know, I'll do everything traditionally, but then a lot of uh likenesses are primarily uh the things that go through rounds of changes Mm -hmm. so like my picard cover looks somewhat completely different than my actual published cover you know just based off of like uh what does patrick seward or his team prefer you know for him to look like in this specific cover a full head Um, of hair
1: that's what he wants
0: yeah yeah well Oddly, it was his smirk that was edited, which I prefer, and I love making edits on changes uh, based off likeness because it's very interesting to see what, um, like how I see somebody versus how somebody else, whether it be oh, like totally. the licensing team or my editor or somebody, how they see it, and yeah. like things that I don't notice, like Anson Mount's very beautiful hair,
1: you know, Let or me look at that hair. <laughs> That guy, he like has he has like movie star slash like perfect hair, like newscaster hair. Like if you could take a a newscaster and a movie star like Robert Redford and a newscaster and smash their hair together. He would
0: be a perfect weatherman.
1: He would be the ultimate weatherman. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, let's just take a few minutes and talk about that. That show. I'm not
0: caught up. I love that show very much. I'm not caught up. No, I was actually, I know. It's I've been talking, I was talking to my editor, Heather, about this uh, in that the Paramount app um, unfortunately does not work half the time. So it's very frustrating for me, somebody that needs it for research. Yeah. So.
1: Well, we don't have to talk specifics, but that show is amazing.
0: The quality is incredible. The production is unreal. Like, it's revived my love for Star Trek in a way that is a lot greater than what it was for being I was a casual fan Um, I said this actually on the new Star Trek panel where we had a whole bunch of announcements but like I had to admit to a giant room of Trek fans (laughs) that were a lot were in cosplay by the way that I was just like I gotta say, I am a casual fan. I have not seen all of the series of yeah. any of the series, you know what I mean? I, I was like, except Lower Decks. I did I have no. watched all of Lower Decks, but I was like, even Picard, like I think I've finished just the first season. Um, and uh you know, I've watched some Deep Space Nine, I've watched some Um The Next Generation, I've watched, you know, like mm-hmm. random things that I would watch through the pandemic. So to say that in front of like hundreds of people, I was just like that's well please, that's, please that's, don't that's, hate yeah. me but yeah it's nice for me to be like here's how you too can get into star trek you know what uh, i mean um well, to be the the gateway pusher
1: <laughs> well like so like it's you know it's interesting because like so I, I mean i've been a star trek fan for as long as i've been alive you know i, I you know it was just a reruns when i was a little little dude and so when my, when my wife, you know, then girlfriend moved in with me, you know, in the early in 2001, mm-hmm. she like really had not seen Star Trek. I mean, she knew what it was. So she bought the like for me for Christmas, bought me like the the box set of the original series. And I'd seen them hundred of times, you know, but she just hadn't seen it. So we watched, watched through it. She like refused to finish the third season because she didn't want it to end like she fell in love with it and then she watched enterprise with me when it came on and she loved that and so she's been on board for everything that's been on on since and the movies but like this new series for her is just absolute like and for me like it's like this is this is all and everything like it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. um yeah it's 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 really brilliant um and Picard, man, like, listen, I'm I'm a huge Michael Shabon fan. Like, that guy is one of my favorite authors, and you know, I I, I like seeing his fingerprints on stuff. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I can see where he's been. He was in the writers' room and having fun here. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah. Well, I hope you catch up in that one because it's worth. It's it, it ends. Me too. <laughs> it ends better. It even ends better. Like, it just keeps getting better. So, you know, have fun. Um, yeah. Nah, nerd talk it's great um so what like what's go, so like what's going on you're you have two more shows for the rest of the year
0: yes thought bubble and la comic-con
1: okay and wait you didn't you wait you I, i'm blanking on it but you you signed a deal with art Someone selling your art or something, or show rep? Oh, you?
0: I am. I'm uh, one of the creators on Zest World right now.
1: Zest World, okay. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, so it's like a commission platform, which is nice. Uh, my assistant can help me with it, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, because I I don't have an art rep yet, so um, it has been a pretty cool like space to try and figure out. You know, uh, really cool creators on there like Joel Jones. Um, oh yeah. Amanda Connor and all that, you know, like, uh, just uh, really nice to be on a platform that can help me facilitate that, um, and or offer things like digital commissions, which I wouldn't typically offer. Uh-huh. So um, everyone, folks, stay stay tuned for when I open my commission list, finally.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, which I, A lot I, of
0: people I, have been asking about. Oh, so. <laughs>
1: you announced it i think i went over to check it out and i was like oh and like once again there were some really cool people you know affiliated uh with that and i was curious that you know like was it a show approach was it an offline approach like how did they come come to you
0: i have actually a mutual friend ron uh that works for them so he used to actually work at the old comic shop that i that was my local shop for a while and he's also a a writer he does archie work and things like that so um he uh, facilitated my my entry to that which is really cool
1: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it's I mean I think it's amazing. I I'm, I'm curious how the digital commissions work because it seems like we can figure it out like someone's got to figure mm-hmm. this out because I think it's a great avenue yeah. to get a commission to somebody like, I almost feel like that, whatever, I'm going to say the, the dreaded letters, but the NFT, like, that's a great way to give somebody a digital commission. Like, here's a- unique...
0: I am if... not an NFT person, so oh, I actually know, go I, off I said, for well, I don't offer NFTs.
1: I don't know what the, I mean, I don't, like, can, is there a technology, you know, what's the technology of saying, like, hey, here's the thing that's yours, I made this for you, and like, nobody else has it, so, you know? that. Would... Right.
0: Um, what What's nice about the platform is that you can opt out of NFTs, uh, which I have opted out of. That was my biggest uh, caveat with uh, joining. And um, I think other sites like Ko-Fi or coffee or whatever uh, do facilitate like digital commissions, which is really cool. Um, I just haven't ever explored that option. So it's nice to like be reached out to to join uh, Zest World. Um, And I'm still learning the platform. So um but it's it's a great I think it's a great tool in the meantime for like somebody that wants to do a platform sort of like Patreon where there's like a tiered subscription and like you have you know an email uh campaign that you can write and things like that um but primarily my major use is like since I'm not repped by you know any of these art uh collector places yet it's like easy it's like with ease like i will be able to facilitate commission requests you know so i'm excited about that especially for like the holidays and all that
1: they are coming up like rapidly Mm -hmm. yeah well very rapidly when you when you whenever you uh announce that you're actually open um i'll i'll retweet or whatever just so anybody else finds out because that's a I think, oh, it's, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I think the cool thing is that there's all these wonderful platforms out there that you can do a variety of stuff and sort of really have a, a broader, um, you know, like what Elsa and Tom are doing with Best. Everlasting, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of opportunities out there that we can kind of like try and evolve whatever we're up to, you know, wherever we're up to. Um, Absolutely. I think that's cool. So what do you like aside from the two cons, um one of course has to take you across the ocean? Um what do you do? What do you uh wait, you're going like 3,000 miles in opposite direction? hmm Nice, smart move. Really really <laughs> planning that one out there. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I mean, like, what do you like what are you working on that that people could look forward to seeing?
0: Yeah. Uh I'm actually working on a boom book right now, which is I awesome. Have I have
1: there ish.
0: Yes, yeah, that's what <laughs> those are. Um, so I am actually working with uh, Elizabeth Bray, uh, my editor who's phenomenal. Um, she introduced me to Sarah Gailey. They are uh, a prose and comics writer. Um, I actually really enjoy their work a lot. Like I I read The um, the Echo Wife that they wrote. Um, I think that was like award-winning from last year or the year before. Um, and they wrote Eat the Rich, for boom studios as well. Great title. Um, so we have uh, a book called know your station that's coming out and it's a space horror that, um, cool. kills billionaires in space. Okay. Who doesn't, who doesn't love, uh, love to do that. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's, uh, it'll be out later this year and, when I tell you that this is the wildest book I have ever worked on in so many phenomenal ways, uh, I'm not exaggerating. And two, some of the coolest covers I've ever done. Um, Just pushing the envelope each time on all of them. And it's been a really cool experience because I get to work with a lot of different folks over there, uh, like, um, in art direction wise and also like, a really cool new way to collaborate with uh, Sarah Gailey has been like such a treat and I love them so much. They're so cool, (laughs) like, um, so it's been nice to like go from true cult uh, straight to that um, to like inspire and like revive my love for like doing sequential and and doing like a brand new project. It's been such a treat so far.
1: That's cool. How many? I'm really issues
0: excited issues? about How it. How many? Issues? It's going to be five
1: issues. Okay, so that's cool. That's a nice, nice meaty chunk. And that's a, th- you know, listen, you know, uh, cautionary tale. That whole like revitalizing your love for, you know, sequential. That's a, it's a, it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Like when you, mm-hmm. when people are pulling you in different directions and cover, 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 or you know, commission, commission, commission. It's real hard to say pages you know like it's a yeah t-
0: all right i'm gonna sit down and draw 22 pages right. like before this very specific deadline you know yeah
1: it's a it's so it's a da- it's a dangerous thing but like the thing is is like in the end like sequential art is like that's where all the magic happens like that storytelling is the thing so
0: storytelling is my first
1: love yeah, yeah that's but- why i like
0: doing covers though because you have so much problem solving to do to sure. tell a story on one picture
1: it's so that's
0: why I like both.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I, I totally, I totally get, I totally get that. It's, it, it's understandable. Um, that's cool. So all your contact stuff will be in the doobly doo info below. So you know whether it's the pod you're listening to this, look at that stuff, or you're looking at our stupid faces. Um, you can, well, uh, oh, my stupid face, your lovely face.
0: Um, I was about I, to say, uh, excuse you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, I'm excited. So, I can't wait to I can't wait to see the new stuff come out. I'm like really that. I'm really happy. I mean, it's 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 cool that you're you're experiencing what you're experiencing. Like, you know, like you're this you're going through some, you know, career changes and it's cool. And I hope I hope the studio, you know, fulfills all that desire.
0: I'm glad we got to talk about this like years later, which sounds weird to say, because I feel like that was two months ago. I know. Because what is time? But it's nice to like have uh, an introspective, like somebody that has seen both of that and like the growth. Because like you'll, I mean, I heard all during San Diego, like, wow, you're blowing up. Um, Which is nice to hear, but also it makes you think about like, wait, but I've been working really hard for like four years. and Oh, yeah. uh, I You know, so it's like, validating and affirming that like the the grind that i have been on has yeah. like gotten to here right so mm-hmm. it's nice
1: because then there's very little left of us if we blow yes up.
0: yeah so, yeah yeah
1: we want to we just want to kind of expand it's our slow
0: incline of success
1: yeah. incline yes the steady <laughs> incline <laughs> that would be fine um cool yeah well stay sane um you know take care of yourself get the whiteboard you know these are these thank are, you these are the things that we, we we can uh can hope for. I'm
0: glad we talked about the studio too. Uh this has been like a nice treat for me to like
1: brand well, about that a little you know, bit. You, you know, there are the, there are there are people out there who are trying to like you know navigate you know their choices. And
0: my DMs you know, are always open, question-wise.
1: Nice. So so but don't slide into her DM, you know, politely <laughs> ask a question in her DM. <sighs>
0: All
1: right, cool. Um it was great talking and- uh, Good to see you
0: again. Yeah, yeah. And thank I'm sure you we'll so do,
1: much. We'll do this in the future and I'm sure we'll see each other at a show next year. All right? I'd love that. All right. Well, until next week and uh, have safe trips, right?
0: Bye. Yeah, thank you. I'll see you soon.
1: Yeah.